0: Welcome to the Shift Gold, Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's Precious Metals News. It's Friday, January 11th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. We're entering the 21st day of the government shutdown. I'm happy to report that we've weathered the storm okay here at the Meharry compound. The roads are still out there. I went to the grocery store yesterday without any incident, and it appears the feds are still collecting income taxes, which come to think of it makes this a pretty lame government shutdown. Anyway, gold is on track for its fourth weekly gain this week. It's not up a lot. It was trading in the 12.92 dollars range earlier this morning. In fact, the yellow metal has been trading within a pretty narrow range all week. The weaker dollar and a dovish Fed seem to be the biggest drivers in the gold market right now. The yellow metal was down earlier in the week, but got a little boost with the release of the minutes from the December FOMC meeting that reiterated a more dovish Fed tone. I'm going to get into all that here in just a minute. The dollar actually hit three-month lows this week. Now, overall, there seems to be a lot of bullish sentiment out there about gold. Goldman Sachs raised its forecast this week. In a note to clients, the big bank boosted its price forecast to $13.25, $13.75, and $14.25 per ounce over the next 3, 6, and 12 months, respectively. Based on gold's current price, the forecast represents a 10.7% increase over the next 12 months. Quote, going forward, gold will be supported primarily by growing demand for defensive assets. The same is also true of central bank buying, with rising geopolitical tensions incentivizing more central banks to re enter the gold market, Goldman's Jerry Curry said in a note to clients. The World Gold Council released its Outlook 2019 report this week, and it was pretty bullish as well. The report concluded, quote, gold will have an increasingly relevant role to play in investors' portfolios in 2019. In the report, the WGC highlighted three key trends it thinks will influence gold demand and price performance in the coming year. Those were financial market instability, monetary policy in the U.S. dollar, and structural economic reforms in emerging markets. The report also reiterated something I pointed out last week. Even though gold was down about 1% on the year in 2018, it actually outperformed most other asset classes, including the S&P 500. You would have never believed me if I had told you that would be the case last summer when stocks were roaring and gold was dropping. The WGC report projects that many of the global dynamics seeded over the past two years, and the risks that became apparent later in 2018 will carry over into the coming year. In summation, increased market uncertainty and the expansion of protectionist economic policies will make gold increasingly attractive as a hedge. While gold may face headwinds from higher interest rates and U.S. dollar strength, these effects are expected to be limited as the Fed has signaled a more neutral stance. And structural economic reforms in key markets will continue to support demand for gold and jewelry, technology, and as a means for savings. Now, I actually think the WGC understates those first two dynamics. It talks about market uncertainty. That mirrors a word you keep hearing on the financial news networks, volatility. But I think the stock market bubble has actually popped, and we've entered into a bear market this past week on Wall Street notwithstanding. And as Peter Schiff has said, it's not just the stock market, it's the entire economy. As Peter put it, it's not a volatile economy, it's a bubble economy thanks to the Federal Reserve. They inflated an even bigger bubble on purpose than the one they inflated by accident that popped in 2008. And so the economy is in much worse shape structurally today than it was before it fell apart the last time. So this is the beginning of a much greater crisis, of a much greater recession than the one we experienced back in 2008. There are certainly signs that economic growth is slowing. Last week, I told you about the biggest one-month decline in U.S. factory activity since the Great Recession. Well, the service sector isn't doing a whole lot better. The Institute for Supply Management said its barometer on the domestic services sector fell to 57.6 last month from 60.7 in November. The latest reading was the lowest since July when it was 55.7. Nevertheless, Wall Street got a bit of a break this week. Stocks were up for the fifth straight day on Thursday. Now, actually, the Dow was down triple digits earlier in the day. Macy's lowered its Q4 earnings, indicating the holiday season wasn't quite so bright. As a result, retail stocks were getting pummeled. But then Jerome Powell did a speech, and, well, he still sounded dovish, and guess what? The stock market rebounded. Yes, shockingly, Wall Street loves this talk of keeping the easy money punch bowl within reach. Powell talked about a patient monetary policy again in his speech on Thursday. Now, here's what's crazy. It wasn't very long ago that the Fed chair was talking all hawkish. He was worried about inflation. The economy was great. So the central bank was going to press on with tightening. But then in December, something happened. So what's up with Powell? Well, I'll tell you what's up. The stock market tanked, and now the Powell put is in. Powell's comments on Thursday reflected the minutes from December's FOMC meeting, which came out on Wednesday. The minutes revealed a much more dovish-sounding Fed as we move into 2019. Members of the FOMC indicated they would be patient, there's that word again, with future rate hikes and said the future path of the central bank's monetary policy is, quote, less clear. Now, what is clear is that Powell and Company seem to be getting cold feet when it comes to continuing on with an aggressive, tightening policy. The question is why. According to Reuters, the Minutes revealed that a number of policymakers said that before raising interest rates again, it was important for the central bank to take stock of risks that had become more pronounced in recent months. In fact, a few FOMC members were apparently arguing for a pause in rate increases. On the other hand, Fed members still seem optimistic about the U.S. economy. The minutes indicated members generally think the economy had been evolving about as they had anticipated. They view the labor market as strong. FOMC members project continued economic growth. This is what these guys have been saying all along. The economy is great, right? Yet the central bank appears to be waffling when it comes to normalizing interest rates. What gives? What's changed? The stock market that's what with stocks tanking the fed faced a choice their view of the economy which is dead wrong of course would indicate that they should keep tightening but the stock market oh woe is the stock market so powell and company had to make a choice and they chose wall street which is pretty much what the fed has done over the last couple of decades They are telling the markets what they want to hear. The Powell put is in. He wants to rescue the stock market. The hope is that a little dovish talk will ease investors' concern and stabilize the markets. And, you know, it's pretty much worked. You look at the stock market this week, it's up. I like the way Peter put it when the Fed started sounding all dovey last week. He said it's almost as if Powell brushed up his script. Somebody took him behind the barn and got his mind right, and he came out, as an Uber dove. Of course, President Trump has been verbally hammering the Fed for months. The central bankers can talk about their political independence all all they want until they're blue in the face. We all know this is a bunch of BS. Powell has to feel that pressure. It would certainly account for the sudden dovish turn we see at the Fed. Here's the bottom line. Even though Powell and companies still think the economy is strong, and it isn't, and that That strength should support continued monetary tightening. They believe propping up the stock market is a bigger priority. This paragraph from the minutes makes that pretty clear. After taking into account incoming economic data, information from business contacts, and the tightening of financial conditions, participants generally revised down their individual assessment of the appropriate path for monetary policy and indicated either no material change or only a modest downward revision in their assessment of the economic outlook. So, the only thing that's actually changed in the minds of the FOMC members is conditions on Wall Street but that matters. And so the Powell put is in. In other news, total holdings in global-backed ETFs finished above $100 billion in 2018, according to the latest data released by the World Gold Council. It's the first time ETF gold holdings have eclipsed the $100 billion mark since 2012. Globally, ETFs added 69 tons of gold in 2018 on net. That brings total holdings to 2,440 tons, valued at $100.6 billion dollars. ETFs are backed by physical gold, held by the issuer, and are traded on the market like stocks. They allow investors to play gold without having to buy full ounces at spot price. It's all electronic, so many speculative investors appreciate the liquidity. Now, there are good reasons to invest in ETFs, but they aren't a substitute for owning physical metal. In an overall investment strategy, ShiftGold recommends buying gold bullion first. To learn more about all of this, call a Shift Gold Precious Metal specialist today at one eight 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 gold 160 Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest Precious Metals news and analysis throughout the week at SchiffGold.com slash news. Also, if you check there on Monday, I'll be releasing a new It's Your Dime interview. I uh, talked to journalist... Ryan Gruduski about immigration. So if immigration is something you're interested in, I think you'll really uh, enjoy that interview. You can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes or on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. You'll find links on the show notes page. And if you're listening on YouTube, please feel free to share your thoughts on this week's gold news in the comments section. We always love to hear what you have to think. So thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Friday Gold Wrap.